You are listening to The Whole Half with Anna the Holy Banana. My goal is to keep it real by sharing it all and holding space for others to do the same. So today I'm here with Jackie Parker, a longtime familiar face from high school, who'll be sharing her journey of self-discovery in a world that makes it pretty difficult to stay true to you. She is currently in Colorado working full-time in product for a medical EHR software and just began grad school to study functional medicine. So as most of you know, this topic that we're about to dive into is near and dear to my heart because I really think that it is difficult to stay true to you in this world where we're fed what society says we should do um, for our life. But Jackie took that leap of faith and has really forged her own path. And that is why I'm so excited to have her here to talk a little bit about that and how that's looked for her in her journey. So Jackie, welcome. We're so happy to have you here. And I would absolutely love to start to have you give the audience a little bit more background info about you, where you came from. Um, yeah, just just about you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Anna, for having me. It's um, funny how social media connects old friends nowadays. I think it's it's one of those things that I just I just love being able to follow people's journeys, you know, even if it's virtually and kind of being able to pick up wherever we kind of left off. Um, so yeah, I grew up with Anna in upstate New York in the Adirondacks um, until I was about 15. And then when I was 15 and a half, almost 16, my family decided to move to Charleston, South Carolina. And I was very, very excited. I wasn't really afraid of moving venture, but I didn't quite know what was to come to say it um, plainly. Um, but I was, I was excited to go, you know, it was, it was new. We had been to Charleston on vacations before. So I kind of, you know, knew the area and things like that. Um, but of course, vacationing versus moving is a whole other thing. So <laughs> once we moved to Charleston, South Carolina, I started experiencing a lot of anxiety. I was very, very scared of the unknown. I didn't know anyone. It was a huge culture shock just between like how people acted, how they talked. Um, I mean, you, you know, even though you're in America, there's a lot of cultural changes, like between the North and the South, and especially coming from a very, very small town, um, you know, like three to 4,000 people to a huge, you know, relatively large city and all the suburbs around it. So I ended up going to a private Catholic high school, which in hindsight, I'm very thankful for, because if I had gone to the public high school, it would have been very, very overwhelming just because the class sizes were so large. Um, but the private Catholic high school, was tough. It was not only academically tough for me, but it was very, very socially tough for me. I was lost. I was lonely. I didn't feel like myself. No one was welcoming. I felt like an odd duck. I was, I just felt so different and I didn't know how to act. And I was, you know, as a kid, very, very outgoing. So it just like, my life did a complete 180. And all of a sudden I I wasn't speaking to anyone. I wasn't expressing myself. I was just trying to be invisible, which was weird because growing up, you know, as a dancer and very involved in music and theater and, you know, even sports in upstate New York, 
I was, like I said, very, very outgoing. So to all of a sudden have to like shut myself down and felt like I had to shut myself down because I didn't know how to act was something I had never experienced before. So um, that also fed into my anxiety because I didn't really have an outlet. Um, but I kind of got over it in an interesting way. I threw myself into the sport of swimming <laughs> because it was a team sport, but I knew that individually I wouldn't, um, you know, my teammates weren't really depending on me to do a certain thing because it was an individual sport technically, but on a team. Um, and it was really, really hard, but I just kind of worked my butt off at it because I knew I had to do something to get out all this kind of nervous anxiety and to make friends. So threw myself into it. I ended up doing better. My confidence to go up. I was too tired to be anxious or sick or <laughs> any of that. So that, I mean, that definitely helped. Some, some team was like a big reason why I was able to get through high school because it, it helped me make friends. It helped me feel like a part of something. Like I said, it kind of helped me have an outlet for my anxiety and all that nervous energy. And I, I started to feel like myself a little bit more. So it's I went so up to college. You had that outlet. That's, oh that's yeah. Great. I mean, it, it was, it was really, really tough. I mean, before my first day of school at this, you know, new um, Catholic high school, um, I had swim practice that morning at 5 a.m. So wow. it was like, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty tough and something I'd never really done before. And a lot of these kids, you know, have been swimming since they were, you know, before they were able to walk. So I had a lot of catching up to do, but I didn't care that I was bad. It was just, you know, again, something, and I think exercise has always been something in my life that's important to me. So it's just a nice way to move my body, make friends. And like I said, just be too tired to be anxious because I was so strung up. Like I could not sleep. I couldn't eat. I couldn't do anything besides worry, which, um, is something yeah. a lot of people experience. So a, a question off of that was your, so going to your Catholic high school and joining the swim team, did you feel like those were decisions that you were behind or did you feel like those decisions were kind of made for you and there were pressures around that? So I felt a little bit pressured to go into the Catholic high school. I think my parents felt like I would be safer there and that I wouldn't be, um, you know, tempted to maybe go down the wrong path, like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, get into, you know, some not great things as like a yeah. young woman in a, in a, a public high school. Um, so I think that I felt pressure to do that, but I didn't really care. I just, it, I wasn't even in my own head. I, I was just so worried about what was to come and I didn't know what to expect, even though we toured schools and, you know, I met people, it was still just like such an abrupt change in my life that, I just had no idea how to handle it. Um, but the swim team thing was definitely my decision because I had heard um, when I was touring the school that the swim team was a great place where people of all backgrounds went. And that was kind of what drew me to it because I didn't want to be part of a certain clique. I didn't want to hang out with a certain type of person. I just wanted to get regular people who were friends with other people outside mm -hmm. the swim team. You know, I, I um, already so, you were trying to go against the grain of yes, the, the norm, the usual, the recipe. Yes. And I mean, my, you know, my other, the other part of me was like, oh, I should try out for soccer because, you know, it was definitely a very, very heavy soccer click at my school. And I'm really, really glad that I didn't go after that because one, I would have not participated. I would have sat on the bench the whole time. And, you know, that's not good for confidence or anything like that. It's not. Yeah 
not what I wanted. I wanted to participate and I wanted to challenge myself. And so swimming was just something that I honestly dove into, like pun intended. I was just like, sure. I didn't know how to dive. I didn't have the right goggles. I didn't have a swim cap. I had an old stretched out one piece bathing suit. You know, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> but I, I just put myself out there and I was like, I'm just going to try. And no one can be mad at me for trying. So I just tried my best. And, you know, I got all, you know, I got the most improved award. I got team cheerleader award. You know, I just put myself out there and I just, I just did my best. So it was, swim team was probably what saved me from really going into a deep, dark hole back then. For sure. That's really good. Yeah. That's good. So, so you, you said after that, you headed off to college from the high school and how did that transition go? So college was a little bit easier because I had been through a, you know, a transition in the past and I had kind of gotten that, okay, you don't know anyone, put yourself out there, experience kind of under my belt. I felt much more it was also only four hours away. It was in-state. I knew um, a lot of people, you know, older than me who had gone there from high school and things like that. So I wasn't stoked about going to Clemson University because I knew a lot of people that were there. But a part of me knew it was big enough that I'd be able to really, you know, find my own friends and do my own thing in college. Um, but Clemson was a beautiful campus, great biology program. It was super duper tough. I definitely sacrificed a lot of my social life you know, my relaxation time studying because I was very, very set on becoming a medical doctor. Um, I was always had, I always had an interest, you know, in the human body and physiology from a very, very young age. I think ballet had something to do with that because I was always very aware of my body and aware of how it performed and what I needed to do to perform well. Um, and I, I just loved biology. I loved learning about the body. I loved science. Wasn't a super huge fan of chemistry, but it was interesting to me. <laughs> um, and, you know, I loved all the dissections and stuff in, in science in high school. So I was like, super duper set on that. And it was tough. I mean, I, I went back and forth between, you know, med school, PA school. Should I just do nursing? I really pushed myself into very, very advanced classes as a sophomore. I wasn't really taking the same classes as any of my friends who were in my dorm. I was always taking, you know, junior, senior level classes. So I struggled a lot and I studied probably to the point of overstudying where my brain just never rested. I didn't, you know, I, I remember calling my mom, always telling her, I don't have any more room in my brain. Like I was taking 20 credits a semester, all, you know, hardcore science classes. I had four, three hour labs a week. I mean, I was just, I wasn't sleeping. I lived on coffee, spent the night in the library a lot. <laughs> but it's I bizarre. Had to do. It's bizarre because you were training or studying to be someone who takes care of people's health. Yeah, I know. Your health in the interim was lacking and I feel like I've seen my husband go through the same thing being in PT school like it doesn't yes. make sense that the programs where you're training to take care of someone's health during that time you're in the poorest health you will ever be you really are you really are poorest mental poorest physical health I've ever been I wasn't eating right was not exercising was not getting outdoors was not meditating, was not doing anything for myself. It was just grind, 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 grind. I feel to, like that's you know, telling, right? That's telling yes. that we're doing something wrong because we shouldn't, that, that shouldn't be the quality of life that we're living if we're doing something good, right? It's not. And what's sad is that's expected. Like it's expected, you know, people say, oh, you know, I'm pre-med. They're like, oh, you know, you got to kill yourself to get there. And it's like, 
why does it have to be like that? I mean, imagine how much better, you know, how many, how many better, like how much better our candidates would be if they took care of themselves to actually understand the information and not just regurgitate it. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation (laughs) to have. I mean, the whole idea of killing yourself to prove to other people that you deserve a spot in that program is really sad. And it turns people into versions of themselves that I couldn't convince myself to be. Um, I mean, like post, post-grad, post-college, I was working as you know a nurse assistant in a CVICU in a hospital setting. And again, the nurses, the doctors, all in very, very poor health, and their job was to take care of other people. And it was very eye-opening to see just how, not even corrupt the system was, but I felt like I was the only one asking questions of, you know, can't we do better? It was like, this is how it is. This is how it's always been. This is how it's going to be. And that was such a turnoff to me. I mean, the way that not only we treated patients, but the way the staff treated themselves was really eye-opening to me. I was like, we're not healers. We are, you know, we're pushing medications made by man into people hoping that it works. I mean, these are individual humans and we think one size fits all. You have this protocol, you have this many days Mm -hmm. to heal, you have to do this PT. Um, We're gonna do the same procedure. We're gonna give you the same meds post-op that everyone else gets in the same dose. I mean, it, it just, I was looking around and I was so disappointed. I was just shocked that this is what I worked so hard to be. And now that I'm here and I see it and it was just, insane. And again, I felt so isolated because I felt like I was the only one asking questions and looking around saying something's not right. And everyone else just seemed to be okay with how the system worked. So it was um, very eye-opening that time of my life. um, You're the type of person that changes the world because you don't just sit by and and you're not just okay with what people tell you, you question it. And I feel like that's so important. We need more of that because unless things are questioned, there's really what are we're just on a plateau, right? Like we have sure. to continue to question as we continue to advance in these things. And your frustrations are totally valid. Like if you're seeing each patient come in and out and they're just being written a prescription, like how is that ultimately like how is that solving the problem? That's just a band-aid, right? That's just it's patching all it was all band-aid work all band-aid work and it just blew my mind I was like you have all of this training you have all of this knowledge but you're so I mean medical doctors and nurses are directed by whomever and they don't have any room for creativity or individualism I mean it is by the book every time and I I just turned my back on it. I just was like, this is not for me. I know it's not for me. I'm not going to kill myself to do something that I know I'm not going to enjoy. I don't enjoy it now. And I'm not even there yet. I mean, you couldn't stand behind it. You didn't feel like you were doing good for people. Exactly. I really didn't. And I wish that there was a way that I could help people more. And there wasn't, I mean, my hands were tied and that was honestly the worst feeling like knowing that these people deserve better. They deserve better answers. They deserve better support. Um, and I couldn't give that to them, not only because I wasn't trained and I didn't know every, you know, all the details about medications and all of that, but I knew that 
there was something wrong, that there was a gap. And I could not force myself to do four more years of school, 10 times more intense than undergrad in a place that I knew I wasn't going to fit in and that I wasn't going to be happy. And that I ultimately was not going to be satisfied in any way. I mean, in any way I was, I just knew it was. It's almost like they, they're teaching. (laughs) This is probably very controversial, but I'm going to say it because on this podcast, I'm not going to sugarcoat, but it's almost like when you go to med school these days, the traditional route, it's like they're, they're, educating you in the laws and regulations of what you can and can't do but one of the first things that you learn is do no harm and Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes that is negated by some of these laws that like oh you can't do that or you can't do this or like you only have to do it this way and it's like wait what about individuality what about looking at like other and I understand that western medicine has its place like um, yeah, acute conditions. Like, absolutely, yes. there are situations where it's needed, absolutely. but I feel like it's become a crutch for our culture where there's so much more our bodies are capable of when they're given the tools needed, but we've become lazy and we rely on those prescription pads and what, yes, what doctors say as if doctors are are God and, and they're human too. They're, they're in there exactly. with us trying to learn and, and be better, but they're also very much controlled. And they are. that's something that, that's something that bugs me. And it's why I'm considering mm-hmm. going back to school for um, naturopathy, because I just feel like we all need to get back to our, our natural rhythm as human yes. beings. Yes. Um, I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> we're, we're the most technologically advanced, you know, society ever. And yet we have the most sick, the most obese, the most reliant on these prescription drugs. And you have to ask yourself why. And unfortunately, it's because the system is driven by money. Where's that money going? Prescription companies. How do they get that money? They encourage sickness. They encourage reoccurring sickness. They encourage people to stay on medication so that their numbers will be so-called normal. Well, who's to say what those numbers should be? Who's to say what range you should be in? Who's to say your chemistry is supposed to be exactly like someone else? And it's just this whole cycle of cutting people open, sewing them shut, putting them on a medication that keeps them coming back to fill the pockets of those prescription drug companies. And that's honestly what it is. And again, that's very controversial. That's a blanket statement. I'm not saying every, like you said, Western medication is, you know, built by some evil man who's super greedy, but all in all, the medical system is incredibly broken. It's incredibly corrupt. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I didn't want to be part of that system. I could not live with myself and be part of that corrupt system. I just couldn't. Yeah. And good for you for knowing that I, this like is bringing up a big question for me because you are so confident in that. And I love hearing that confidence behind your statement of, I could not do this anymore, but I'm after hearing your story, it sounds like you've you've been even with knowing that swimming was where you wanted to go and and getting into this internship where you're like no like this just isn't for me I remember Mm -hmm. a conversation a few weeks ago that we had that you were talking about high school where you you weren't as as confident in Mm -hmm. who you were so where do you think at at what point through your journey did that confidence come in and you were like no it's like this is this is me and I'm gonna own it you know, it all ebbs and flows. I was obviously lacking confidence going into high school, a little bit more confident coming out. 
not confident at all coming out of college. And so it hasn't been a straight line at all. Mm -hmm. It has been periods of up and down, which I think everyone should get comfortable with. I really don't think the answer is I wasn't confident and now I am. I really do believe in those cycles of life. And I think having your confidence, you know, decrease a little bit, taking a hit to that ego is good for us. As long as you know, and you get good at taking yourself out of it. So I, I never tell myself, no, if I want to do something, I do it. I never, ever tell myself, no, you can't do that. You have to try. And when you're in a place where you don't know what you're doing, you feel lost, you don't know what your next step is. Yeah. You could spend the next 10 years of your life sitting in your room and thinking about the perfect plan to execute and what you think will be perfect, but that's not going to get you anywhere. I've always been one to say, you have to go out there and try. You have to put yourself out there. You have to do something. You just kind of, kind of, you know, thrash around, figure out what, what feels good and go towards that. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be the end destination, but if it's something that's going to fuel you and set your soul on fire for even just a little bit, it's worth to do it because more experiences, more skills that you can accumulate are going to make you 10 times more successful in the long run. So, I mean, yeah, confidence ebbs and flows. Before I moved out to Denver, Colorado, I was in probably one of the lowest points in my life. I was very unhappy with where I was. I was disappointed. I had given up on this, you know, huge goal and aspiration of being in the medical field. I had turned my back on those four, you know, three and a half, four very, very hard years of studying these intense science courses, studying for the MCAT, applying to these schools. I turned my back on that, like in a second. And that's hard to do when you look back and you say, okay, well, what was all that for? So for a while I was, you know, in this trap of, it was all for nothing. It was all for nothing, but nothing you do is ever, ever, ever for nothing. If anything, it helps you cross something off the list. Okay. I know I don't want to do that. That's just as, if not more important than knowing where you're going next or knowing what you want to do. And that's something that I've learned through trial and error and through thrashing around. And, you know, like I said, I never tell myself, no, if I want to do something, I think that it'll be good for me, even for short term, I do it because there's no point in telling yourself, no, if you're not going to tell yourself, yes, the whole world's going to tell you, no. So you might as well start saying yes to yourself. It's so (laughs) true. I mean, there's resistance not to attract more of this, but there's, there is so much resistance for breaking that, um, the society's expectation of your life. Like, I, sure. I'm not sure if you felt this, but especially growing up Catholic, since you had that, I'm um, going to mm-hmm. Catholic high school. I definitely felt pressure of, okay, I have to graduate. I have to go to college, study exactly what I want to go for, get it right the first time, get out of college, get married, have kids. And that's life. Like there's a perfect trajectory. And if you break that trajectory, you've messed up. And I mean, you talked a little bit about ballet. I also did ballet and that Mm -hmm. like type A, like OCD, like everything needs to be perfect. Breaking Mm -hmm. that expectation of the trajectory of your life is very difficult when that's all you've been. um, Yes. It's all you've trained to do. Yeah. It's all you've had in your vision for a while and that's all you see ahead. But then when something in that plan breaks or doesn't happen, it's like, you're shook. Like you're, yes. you're not sure how to yes. deal with it, but 
like you said, everything happens for a reason. And those, those points where you realize that med school was not it, um, in the traditional sense and, and even like knowing to not do soccer instead of swimming, like those things, it's hard to do at the time, but you look back and you're like, okay, like these things made me stronger. And although they're not what the world said I should do, that's Mm -hmm. how, how we make good change in the world because we're not just doing what other people are telling us to do. (laughs) Exactly. And I think something else that really helped me is instead of looking at everyone's life and just assuming it was perfect, I actually Mm -hmm. talked to people like, Hey, how did you get to where you are today? Nine times out of 10, there's a whole bunch of stuff behind that curtain that no one wants to talk about. And it's so weird how, like you said, we're expected to do this perfect trajectory go to high school, perform well in college, get a job, get married, have kids. How many people do you know followed those steps and are happy and are thriving? I mean, I can name very, very few and good for them if that's what they wanted. But I mean, if you really start to talk to people, especially people like that you look up to, that you, you know, look to for inspiration, their lives are far, far, far from perfect. And that's what's made them special and that's what's made them inspiring and that's what's made them tough and that's what's made them flexible so if you want to be like someone who has all of those qualities you got to look yourself in the mirror and be willing to go through tough tough stuff like yeah it's almost like you have to look at not look at other people's lives for um like to make yourself feel better ego like egotistically but right to find strength in other people's weaknesses because it strengthens your weaknesses and allows you to see that you're not alone like we all have struggles there's all something behind the facade of the hi how are you oh I'm great like thanks Mm -hmm. like there's always something and keeping that in mind it it almost allows you to come from a different place entirely when you're when you encounter people out on the street no matter who they are but yeah And I think working in medicine did give me that perspective because I did get to interact with a lot of people who were at the end of their road. And Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, older people, people at the end of the road, they get wise real fast. And, you know, learning from people who have been through tough stuff made me realize, you know, and that's why I'm so thankful for that experience working in the hospital where I was around a lot of sickness, a lot of death, a lot of, you know, family members experiencing the worst day of their lives it gives you a huge perspective. So even though, you know, a couple of years ago, I would have said, oh, such a waste of time. I didn't even use those hours to PA school. I didn't even, you know, continue in med school. I cherish those moments because that, I think that was a huge, huge part of what changed my perspective and what is really important and how can I live every day, you know, and be proud of what I've done that day. And I think that, people get so caught up in trying to be something else that they don't look around them and look at how lucky they are. I mean, people just have no idea how to be grateful and I'm not blaming them. I think, you know, society and social media has a lot to do with that. You know, we're, we're tricked by this kind of idea of a perfect life, but that's not reality. And I think putting your phone down, getting some tough experience, going through really, really tough stuff with other people, seeing other people go through really tough stuff is key to nurturing your own soul and like, what's going to feed it? Like, what's going to make my life good and feel good? Like, not what's just going to look good, but what's going to make my life feel good day in Mm -hmm. and day out? How am I going to get confident in what I'm doing? You can't really take a look at yourself if you're too busy looking at everyone else. So yeah. 
it's almost like um it's almost like you have to like if you find something that challenges you although you have to be honest with yourself about whether or not it's for you in the long run you have to try to find the good in it even as yes. you go through it instead of running away from it and being like all right yes. that didn't work for me like be introspective about everything that you face to find mm-hmm. that reason of okay what was this here for because like yep. you said everything happens for a reason nothing happens everything. for nothing yeah exactly yeah well, <laughs> that it's it's very inspirational to hear you talk about it all you clearly are um in a confident stage in your life. And like you said, there's going to be ebbs and flows, but we can, you can mm-hmm. hear that you like, you're on a path of, okay, like this didn't work. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying something new. So actually yeah. on that note, tell us a little bit about um, what you're in school for. So how did you come to decide to go towards functional medicine after your internship? So after I kind of turned away from the whole idea of going to med school, being in traditional medicine, I was doing the same thing. I was thrashing around, applying to random jobs, ended up getting a job at a chiropractor clinic. I didn't really know anything about chiropractic, but it was kind of in the field of medicine. So I said, sure. And so much knowledge, so much wisdom, really understood the foundations of the body and how to treat it well and how to kind of block out the noise of all the kind of BS health industry that we're all kind of in the midst of, right? Like there's this huge health industry. I know people can't see my quotations, but I I say health (laughs) in quotations because so many things that are marketed to you have nothing to do and are never, ever, ever, ever going to actually help you get healthier. Um, so they taught me a lot, everything from hormones to chiropractic to kind of general kinesiology to how to wake up with the sun, circadian rhythms, all of this like deep core, you know, how to eat a paleo diet, all the products that I was using, you know, from sunscreen to shampoo. I mean, all this whole world of not just natural, but better, like cleaner, mm-hmm. just how we evolved to be, you know? So they, they taught me a lot and they really, really inspired me kind of in that field um, of functional medicine. Now, yes, they were chiropractors, but they, they practice a lot of herbs. And um, like I said, they did a lot of hormone testing, food sensitivity testing, that kind of field. And it really interested me. And I saw obviously a lot of people completely change their lives from the help of these two doctors. And I was so inspired to do the same thing. I just loved their attitude. They got up, they loved their job. They loved their patients. They knew them on a deep level. And I mean, I'll be honest, the clinic didn't do super well financially. They probably spent too much time with these people. They probably weren't charging as much as they could have, but that wasn't their goal. Their goal was to help their community, to change their community's lives, the people in that community's lives. And they have, and they still are. And that was just... I mean, it was everything I had ever dreamed of. I was like, wow, this, this idea that I had in my head of how I can help people exists and people are doing it and there is a market out there and I could do it too. So that's kind of how I fell in love with this kind of second realm of medicine. That I didn't even know existed before meeting these two doctors. Um, so once I moved out to Denver, I was like, you know, I, I've got to do it. I just have to save a little bit of money, get my feet on the ground, make sure it's something I really want to do first. So a year later, I've been out in Denver for about a year and a half now, and it's just time. I I fell in love with this program. 
that um, is based out of Portland, Oregon. It's a chiropractic school, but they also have a graduate program for functional medicine. It's online, so I can still work full-time and go to school part-time. Um, there's a lot of people actually in Denver who are graduates of this program, so I have a lot of contacts you know, for post-grad and kind of developing my career after school. So it just, all the pieces are kind of finally coming together. And I am, I have never been more excited for anything in my life. Like <laughs> I, I am just so excited to finally be given the resources, you know, being taught the things that have always, always just blew my mind. Like I just cannot get enough of this stuff. And so I, you know, I start on Monday, graduate school, functional medicine, never, ever thought that I would say that, but it, like I said, it just feels right. And so that's, um, that's kind of my next journey. And yeah, I'm confident now, you know, maybe we'll, we'll re-talk in about four months and maybe I'll be yeah. like, nope, wasn't the thing, but you know, I'm open to it. I'm just open to all the possibilities that could possibly come in and I'm ready if it falls apart too. Like I, yeah. I've got enough experience under my belt where I'm like, it's not the perfect fit. It's not the perfect fit. I'm not gonna, you know, feel ashamed of not following through with something that I know isn't right. So that's amazing that that's another branch of not following the society's yes. um, trajectory. Cause Hey, if it doesn't work, then why push yourself through it? Like that exactly find, like we said, find why it fell into your lap, but then learn something from it and just move forward and take that next step. So, but that's yeah. amazing. I'm, I'm excited to hear how it goes because like I <laughs> yeah. was telling you, I'm um, in the process of hopefully finishing up some prereqs to apply to naturopathic medicine school. So yeah. that's hopefully in the future as well for me. And hey, maybe we'll have a practice. I don't yes. know. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. But oh my gosh, I, I'm so passionate about it and hearing you talk about it, it. I can just sense that you're, you're aligned with what you've always questioned and, and longed mm -hmm. for. And it's, I'm really excited for you. That's, that's great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm really excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is amazing to hear. Um, this conversation has been amazing. Before we wrap up, I would love to ask you just two more questions. One for anyone out there who's listening that maybe in a season of um, turbulence and just wondering how the heck to gain that confidence back. Um, they're unsure, they don't feel happy or aligned. What would be the biggest piece of advice you would give to them, um, to anyone struggling and, and really desiring that alignment, that confidence, mm -hmm. that figuring out what's next? What would you give them advice in? I would say you have to give yourself permission to thrash around. That's the only way to be, to get out of where you are. And secondly, know that this feeling is temporary and it's never, ever, ever forever. And it's up to you to learn as much as you can from this season in your life. So oh, it's, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the piece of advice I would give. It, mostly just allow yourself, give yourself the permission to thrash around, whatever that looks like to you. Perfect. Well, I hope there are some listeners out there who that, that sends a shiver down their spine. <laughs> it allows them to hear um, that it's okay to mess up, but yeah, embrace where you are, but mm -hmm. continue to take that step forward. So yeah. And um, allow yourself to allow yourself to feel how you're feeling and allow yourself, like I said, 
don't ever say no to yourself. If you think something sounds good, do it. Even if it's not perfect, you have to do it. Yeah, because truth is, you're either going to learn from it and be like, okay, never again. Or you're going to be like, wow, I'm so glad I tried that. Because if I hadn't ever tried that, I would have never known, right? Exactly. Yeah. Cool. So I've been wrapping up um, all of my episodes with a little fun question. So I guess you said it's going to be really warm there in Denver this weekend. Um, Yes. what's, What's your favorite way to get outside and enjoy the warm weather there? Oh my gosh, there's so much to do here. I mean, besides just climbing up a mountaintop and taking in the view with no cell service. Um, I love, love, love grounding. I get barefoot, go into a field somewhere, feel the grass on my feet, you know, listen to a podcast or some nice yoga music and just breathe. And that's all I focus on. Those are probably my, my two top things to do in nice weather. That is an extremely wholesome pastime. I love it. I love it. Sometimes I take my dog out in the morning. It's been cold yeah. here, so it's been tough, but I've tried to take him out barefoot because I love yeah. grounding. It's it just if you've never tried it, go outside with bare feet, just like Jackie said, and just give it a try. Like feel the energy in your body shift yes. just by connecting yourself with the earth. Take your shoes, your yes. socks off, give it a try. Feel the earth. Like know <laughs> that there is something bigger than yourself out there. Like don't yeah. allow the whole weight of the world to be on your shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. The earth is supporting you just as much as you're resting on the earth. Exactly. Love that. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Jackie. I love this. Hopefully we'll have another chat about how functional yes. medicine school is going and, and all that you're learning. I'm excited to hear. Thanks so much for having me. It's been so much fun. I, I really enjoyed our talk. Of course. Until next time. (laughs) (laughs) Take care.